Well, gang, it finally happened. We're finally getting a date. We're finally gonna find out something about the next big Bethesda game. What seems to be like Skyrim in space, which isn't fair to say because they said that Fallout was just gonna be Skyrim with guns. Or, I'm sorry, Oblivion with guns. But hi, I'm your host, Vince, and it's time for Atomic Radio Hour. I'm very excited to talk about some news for your earlobes in just a moment. I have a fun piece of lore, but I'm just happy to be back with you guys once again. If you listened last week, my voice was sounding atrocious. This week, it's a little more ferocious. Feeling a little better. I don't know why I'm getting sick all the time. I, I turned 26 and it's just, I don't know, maybe I gotta wash my hands less or something. Anyway, welcome to the show. My name's Vince, Atomic Radio Hour, post-nuclear podcast, Way, like, like, like a post-apocalyptic uh, a post-war version of Wayne's World, if you will. I'm Vince. I think I've said that about 17 times now. Hi. You're looking fantastic. So let's just get right into the news. The big news. September 6th, 2023. Uh, this year. We're finally getting Starfield. I was at work, and I saw a little bruing pop up my phone, and it was like, oh, what is this? And... I watched the trailer within two minutes of it coming out, and it was me and 1,300 other people. That's what the view count was when I saw it. And I didn't believe it. They said in June we're going to be getting, uh, like, a deeper direct that's about it. And I've been playing my Switch a little bit more lately, which I know is rare coming from me. But I've been playing it and put Fallout 3 and New Vegas on it. I'm not even sure exactly how I tangented off to that one, but, like... I'm excited to see this. This is going to be about the time where E3 is happening, even though we're not really getting anybody at E3, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, so they don't have any plans of being there. So it's going to be Ubisoft and maybe EA and uh, whatever studio video game donkey has started. I think it's called Big Mode. It's going to be them and them alone, and they're just going to hang out and be like, hey, guys. Like, that's that's just what I think it's going to be. But here we are. Behind me is probably the trailer. Behind me is probably been the trailer, the little thing at the end that Todd does, which is cool to see, like, what Bethesda looks like as the studio. I've been to DC a couple of times, and I've never driven to Bethesda. Like, I've never taken the train to Bethesda to go even just look at the, the studio and be like, let me in, like that Eric Andre meme. Uh, which I think that meme actually takes place in DC. Anyway, just I'm excited to finally get something. They showed us nothing, and I'm like, they showed this giant like crab spider thing that looked like it was from Borderlands. But I'm excited to finally get this game something, something about it in my hands or near me or in a friend's hands. This is a game that I'm going to buy. It's probably going to be one of the few games I buy this year. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited to try this. I'm excited to finally see something. Uh, it was a collective moment that I saw on Twitter that it was just everybody everywhere that I follow that's like a Bethesda person or like a Fallouty person or like a Skyrimy person was just like, oh shit, it's happening. We're finally getting something. I think the timing of it is perfect and not great at the same time. All the big games come out in November. I don't know what else is coming out in November that would hinder this coming out because I'm pretty sure Fallout 4 came out like November 11th 
because I remember being like, my birthday's in less than two weeks. This is my birthday present. Like I, all the money I spent on, I was like, this is just, no one has to buy me anything. I'm spending all this money here for this, on this, with this, like, this is the, the event that I want. So I don't, I can't imagine what else big is coming. Like this isn't a bit, like I genuinely don't know what else big is coming out this year. And, uh, I'm just excited to finally get this thing in my hands. I'm fi- I'm excited to finally see a trailer. I hope they do a 30-minute long, like, this is what we've been working on. And Todd Howard, which has probably played behind me once or twice already, he was like, we haven't really seen you guys in a while, and we miss you. Like, he doesn't say this verbatim. I'm kind of paraphrasing and taking what I, I, I gleamed off of what he said. And he's like, we haven't been here in a minute, and we kind of miss it. And hopefully we get something new soon. I mean, I hope there's not like a major leak that like spoils the game like with Fallout 4. But I hope that there's something that is satiating. I hope there's something I can sink me teeth into. Something that's meaty. Something that I said that says more than just we're a game that's coming out and here is a reason to be hyped. Here's a moment in time. Uh, I never played Cyberpunk, but I heard a lot of people say when you can get past the jank, apparently it's fixed now and they're getting DLC, but when you can get past the jank when it first came out, when you can get past everything about it that was bothersome or hinder or a hindrance, you, you hit this just it's the best this is not my opinion this is someone who told me it's the best open world rpg that you can get like it's the one of the best like especially in in recent times and if it didn't have the rollout that it did it didn't have the launch that it did i've heard people say that it could have been the next new vegas is that true i don't know i've never played it i honestly don't really have a lot of interest in playing it because cyberpunk stuff doesn't really interest me all that much it's cool if that's your thing god bless not for me uh i know what kind of games i like i've actually noticed which is something i want to talk about next i've noticed kind of the games that i I, i'm into and it's very hard for me to like other games i don't think it's that i'm so much I don't think it's so much that I don't like games anymore. I think it's very much I'm used to what I'm used to. And since games are so expensive, I'm so afraid to try something new because 60 bucks to try something is a lot. Demos aren't really a thing anymore. But that's a digression. I'm here to say we are getting Starfield on September 6th, 2023. It is finally happening. That we know of, again. It was supposed to come out last year, and they delayed it. But a delayed game is always good. Will it have killed some hype for some people? Possibly. Who knows? Maybe. But I like Bethesda games, so I'm going to play it. Genuinely. Speaking about playing Bethesda games, I've been playing my Switch a lot more. And uh, I have a friend who's really into the Switch, and last weekend, uh, when I was a little sick, we were texting back and forth about it, and then during the week after work one day... Uh, we decided to play some Switch games together just because I was like, yeah, I have it, but I don't really mess with it all that much. We started playing Smash, and I remembered how fun Smash is. So this is kind of like a like a weird – like if you have any Switch games that are as a recommendation that are A, physical, and B, not Nintendo property. So no Zelda or Mario. I have Odyssey. I have Breath of the Wild. I'm actually borrowing from that same friend the new Kirby game. Uh, but I have a feeling I'm going to buy it from them because they said they didn't play it, and I love Kirby, and I can see myself getting very into this game. And today I'm looking at games to play, and I never grew up with Spyro, so I was thinking about buying the Spyro uh, trilogy on there. But also like Stubbs, the zombie rebel without a, a pulse is on there, and Cult of the Lamb is on there. And I don't like roguelikes very like, and I like older like PS2 
original Xbox, like platformer, kind of wonky, weird games. So like Stubbs makes sense. Uh, I liked Spyro as a kid, but I didn't grow up with it. Like I remember going to a carnival or a, or a fairground or like a, a theme park with my parents and not having a PS1, but like seeing Spyro and be like, oh, cool, Spyro. Maybe just because it was a purple dragon. I just – my child brain was, oh, cool, purple dragon. I was also a Barney kid when I was really little, so just purple and like dinosaur dragon things just click in my brain and my gray matter. But I've been playing it and today I genuinely sat there and went, maybe I could get back into Skyrim on Switch. So I looked up a review. The PS4 version of, of Skyrim like notoriously just doesn't work. You can barely do stealth. I don't know if all this has been fixed or not, but like you couldn't do stealth when I was playing it. There's a couple things like it just – I don't know. It didn't grab me. I remember that birthday. It was 2016 when I bought it again because I wanted to sit in my room and eat White Castle and play Skyrim all, all day. And I played it for a few hours, but it didn't grab me the way it did when it first came out. So I was thinking maybe get it there. I could play casually for an hour or two, put it down. Try doing a build that I never do as a two-handed, heavy-armored orc, just a big man, and just walk into places and fight. And really try to give it a shot, because on PC, I really can't, and, like, I, I don't know what it is. I just, I have a hard time. I also am big on, like, buying a game physically, uh, because Nintendo, this month, is shutting down the 3DS store, and the 3DS was beloved. And... They're just like, yep, we're shutting it down. Download everything you want right now because after that, we're never – it's just never going to be in use again because now the Switch is going to become their handheld and something else will become their next big console. I don't know what that could be, um, but I assume that's I, – I assume the next console they're going to make because of this partnership they have with Microsoft is going to be something beefy that can kind of handle things. I wouldn't be surprised if they went to discs. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did discs and a slot on it so you can play your Switch games to be completely frank with you. Uh, me playing this again reminded me, like the Switch reminded me of like how much I was excited for the Switch when it first came out. And like I said in the last segment, I think it's not that I don't like games anymore. It's I know what I like. And it's very hard for me to reach out and try things because they're expensive. But some Switch games are 35 bucks. Like I want to get Cult of the Lamb. Don't like roguelikes. Want to get Cult of the Lamb. Cause it's a game about cults and there's like a, like a sim aspect to it where you get to kind of like help out your, your settlement of your followers and you can like rename them and choose what they look like. And I'm just going to essentially make heaven's gate, but for sheep and you know, just stuff like that. Like it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. I'm hoping maybe I fall in love with games again. It's kind of what it's feeling like to be completely honest. And I think it might be because I have someone who's a friend of mine who wants to play games, who wants to try a myriad of games and do different stuff. And maybe that's what I needed, was just friends to play video games with again that aren't the same people playing the same shit all the time. Now, before I go any deeper into the program, I just want to just self-promo. I'm awful at self-promo, but... Uh, I'm doing an, another show uh, based on the HBO show The Last of Us. My f my friend Kyle, who you probably know if you're a regular, and my brother, who you probably don't know if you're a regular, uh, we're both big fans of The Last of Us. My brother, The Last of Us one and two are two of his favorite games. He refers to the first the first Last of Us as his childhood game, which is wild to think uh, because I think mine is uh, somewhere between like Sonic Adventure two and. Uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle on the GameCube and Fallout 3. There's like a, a only a few years apart where I wasn't playing one and was playing the other. And The Last of Us is his. And I get to do this show with him and 
Kyle, of course, and we talk about the show, and it's a blast. And this this episode that's actually it should be out by now if it's uh if it's not out on Saturday the day this comes out, uh, it'll be out later today. I'm not sure when. I've been busy and not feeling well most of the week. Um, so it should be out soon. The end of the episode is an absolute blast. Just my brother Kyle and I just having a, a fun time talking to each other, laughing about silly, goofy props in, in this show. So please, it would mean a lot to me if you not only check that out, but if you're not watching on YouTube, checking us out on YouTube, because I feel like that's the best way to watch. There's a visual component. I have fun with the green screen. It's a lot of fun. And I love you. Thanks. Now, before I get into the lore, I have to thank some people. And there are some people that every week support the show, and uh, their support gives them a couple extra perks, which I'll get to in a moment. Uh, but because of them, I can continue and I can buy things. I was actually this weekend uh, seeing how much money I have gotten from them and looking at when my yearly costs are due and looking at uh, – a piece of equipment that I think I might be buying sometime soon. I want to go to a uh, a store, not to give too many things away. I want to check out a couple stores and see how much they're going to charge for it. Uh, call a couple places, but I'm thinking about buying it, and it will launch me into another a new. It'll be a new dimension uh, that'll add more visual elements to it, and it's just equipment. Equipment for me is a ton of fun to mess around with. I have to thank the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, I have to thank Danny. Thank you, Danny. After Danny, I have to thank Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. And last but certainly not least, I have to thank Mellow Millhouse. Like I said, because of you guys, I can continue to make the show as big and as bold and as beautiful as I want. And if you're in the ten dollar, uh, if you're in the ten dollar tier, you get to listen to these episodes be recorded live every single week. I love you. And I thank you for being here. Now, like I said, like I said last week, I'm going to be doing something a little new, a little different when it comes to the lore. And what that is, is I'm going to be asking the Patreon to take a poll. Uh, last week, it was between, last week it was between the Glow and Navarro from Fallout 1 and Fallout 2. Uh, this week I did from Fallout New Vegas was Vault 3 and Fallout... Four was 114. Uh, and it was actually a tie. It came down to a tie. So I flipped a coin. Um, I had the same amount of votes for both of them. So if you'd like to hear any lore, and I mean any lore whatsoever, make sure you're in the Discord or a Patreon member or leaving a, a YouTube comment. I'm going to switch it up every now and again. I'm going to go back and forth between everybody and uh, kind of pick. But I'm going to give the Patreon first dibs on most times. So make sure you're a part of the community in one of those three ways. And uh, I'll ask a question or a poll. And you can be part of the community and choose what every week's lore segment is. And this week's lore, courtesy of the Patreon, the Ghoulman Entertainment Patreon that supports this show. Courtesy of them bring is the lore on Vault 3 from Fallout New Vegas. So now Vault 3 is a really interesting vault because it's it's considered, in my book at least, technically a successful vault. Uh, vault 3 is one of the 17 control vaults in the entire series. Out of 122 vaults, only 17 of them are not social experiments that are used to uh, experiment on the United the people of the United States. It is one of only two vaults that are inside of Las Vegas, the other one being Vault 21, and in Fallout New Vegas, Vault 3, 19, 21, and 34 are all vaults in the Mojave that have living inhabitants inside of it. 
outside of some flooding. Uh, I can only imagine when the bombs hit and Mr. House is responsible for making sure the strip didn't get hit and had turrets put on top of 38. But outside of that, I can only imagine that it was pretty much par for the course that once the bombs hit, it pretty much meant that the entire infrastructure of the underneath was going to flood. Now, it's not the case for uh, people like Red Lucy and her entire underground uh, settlement that she has there. But pretty much more or less, you know, it's a city. That's how I can only imagine New York would be. The subways would be flooded. The sewers would be flooded. So the vault, the lower sections of Vault 3 have flooded. But other than that, by 2281, it's still completely operational. But here's the kicker. The fiends are actually in total control of the vault. Now, the fiends is a raider group, but not just any kind of raider group, a raider group whose entire purpose is to get high. Uh, they're almost, speaking of cults earlier, they're almost a cult in the sense where they just want to get high. Their entire purpose is they worship drugs. Uh, they need to get high. They need their fix. What's, what's a better, uh, what's a better pairing than an apocalypse situation and drugs? <laughs> so, Moto Runner is quoted where you can speak to them. Uh, there's a few ways to get in and it's non-hostile. But when you get in there, you can speak to Moto Runner. And if you ask him about him being there, he goes, I guess it isn't a secret. Yeah, the, resident, the residents of the vault are all dead. We killed them. Funny thing is, they just let us in. We didn't have to force the doors or anything. And I'll get a little bit into more of how that happened in just a moment. This makes Vault 3 an incredibly safe drug den and housing area. So their entire base is a vault, a completely fortified place that has one entrance and one exit. So you can't get a guy coming through the front and the back and ambushing you. There is one entrance unless you want to get a big-ass drill. And I doubt you're going to have the ability to power that big-ass drill 200 and some odd years after an apocalypse situation. So here is a group of drug addicts who have essentially set up a crack house. And the crack house is one of the safest locations for them in the entire wasteland. Now, the way the doors opened to Vault 3 was because sometime during the 2200s, so 2200 to 2281, somewhere in that 81-year span, a water leak happens and it forces them to it forces them to open the doors. Now, this water leak is probably why the vault is flooded. Uh, the, you could argue that maybe within an amount of time, the entire vault will flood and there's nothing they can do. But I wouldn't be surprised if this, and again, speculation, I have no clue if this is true. I would not be surprised if the reason why there is a leak is because of the bombs dropping and rocking the found, literally rocking the foundation. Now they open the vault doors so they can trade with the outside occupants, the people of the of southern the southern ruins of what was formerly Las Vegas. They open the door so they can trade and they can get uh, some supplies and they get some food and maybe do something about this this leak. And they're open for a few days and they start making really good money. Like think about it, this is a place that might be able to synthesize their own stim packs, might be able to create their own sort of medicines. They probably have uh, like hydroponic grow houses where they can grow real fruit and or vegetables. And they might have pre-war snacks just in abundance, stockpiled. So they're willing to trade these things out and they're making good money. And then the fiends just show up. And uh, this attracts them. The fiends took advantage of the dwellers' lack of security and naivete towards the outside world. 
You're essentially just throwing somebody out and saying, here you go. They have no clue to politics. As far as everything I read off the wiki, and I get all of my lore off of fallout.fandom.com, the Nukapedia, if you will, everything I saw pretty much points in the direction of they were just a bunch of children. Like, they were just a bunch of children that, uh, oh, not like, not physically children, but mentally children. They opened the door and they were like, now what do I do? And couldn't quite figure it out and got taken advantage of. The fiends slaughtered everyone inside the vault and took Vault 3 for themselves. And this became their base, their headquarters. Uh, and it became a real threat for the residents of Vegas, the surrounding areas, Freeside, Westside, all these places have a real fiends threat. I believe in Westside, if you start shooting, someone will go, is that the fiends? Like, so, like it's a, it's a thing that just happens. Mean son of a bitch is known for taking down fiends. But not only that, they've become a real nuisance for the NCR army at Camp McCarran. So here's this fortified army with money. That they're taking as tax money and, and they're having a hard time fighting a couple of drug addicts with cobbled together rifles with, with duct tape and bubbled gum. Now the vault itself, a little bit on the layout of the vault, it's an interesting place, but the layout of the vault is underneath a building in the south ruins of Vegas, uh, a regular schmegular simple vault controller that's reminiscent of the time of, of these Fallout games is there and that's what you use to open it up and they have a guard. And the walls are completely covered in graffiti because the fiends are getting high and trying to be artistic or something. They're getting high. So here's these beautiful vault – made with the government money vault tech walls that are meant to withstand nuclear annihilation. And they're covered in the ramblings and the scrawlings of an illiterate drug addict. There's three usable area areas that are in – this vault that are still accessible. The first one being the recreation area, which seems to be larger than most other recreational areas in the, in the series, at least in this era of Fallout. And this is where they actually keep a couple of slaves, a couple of fellas locked up are here. Uh, there's a, there's a quest. It's an unmarked quest and I didn't even know it had a name. It's just, uh, called I Love Bananas. Never did I know that a quest called I Love Bananas was in the game, but it's here. And I thought it was a great addition because I had no clue that they even knew what bananas are because bananas absorb radiation. It's an unmarked quest, so it might just be in the game files and it's not like for you to see. Uh, but bananas, fun fact, a little bit of a tangent, bananas absorb radiation. So if a nuke goes off, throw away all of your bananas. They have the maintenance wing, which is actually where you get to find Motor Runner, Motor Runner. Uh, him and his two guard dogs, Bone Nash and Nashbone, could be found there. Motor Runner is an incredibly interesting character. Maybe one day I'll take a gang or a faction and uh, pit them against each other in the uh, Patreon, and you guys can choose who you want to see. And last, we have the living quarters where – here in the living quarters where they actually have some captives, uh, Rick, Lancer, Rachel, and Dennis can all be found there. This is for the quest I Love Bananas that I was speaking about earlier – uh, just, it's fun. It's a great name. There's a dead fiend on one of the beds surrounded by empty syringes and Jet and Psycho all around him. And, uh, the rest of the vault from this, this point forward pretty much is completely flooded. So some notes and fun facts for you. One of these I absolutely adore and didn't know anything about. Vault 3 is a vault that I've only been in a handful of times, to be completely honest with you. 
One of them being that if you stand outside the vault door of, of Vault 3 with Veronica Santagello, it will trigger her, part of her companion quest, which I didn't know. Uh, I feel like I've played this game for so long that I just know to trigger her quest, pretty much take her to the bunker. Didn't know that a vault door could do that for her. This one is my absolute favorite, and again, I had no inclination that this even existed in the slightest. But if you were with Lily Bowen, the super mutant who grew up in a vault... In the cafeteria, she will remember an experience of being a little girl growing up in the vault and her first kiss. Lily is a character who I do not think I've ever done her questline. Ever. I know I've had her as a companion. I don't think I've ever done her questline. Another reason to put the game on Switch. But it's a game... I'm sorry. It's an experience that I would love to see just because I want to know like, if she talks about the vertebrae that she drove. That was Daisy Whitman's in Novak. I want to know how much she divulges about that. I want to know what it's like to grow up in a, in a vault. Yes, she has very awful schizophrenia and she doesn't remember things and she thinks that her grandkids are real and there in front of her and whatever. But like a character that I've even seen people talk about her in like YouTube comments saying that she's one of the most compelling characters they've ever seen in a video game and I think that's crazy because that's what Boone is for me. Like, I understand the plight of the lonely, lovesick loser. So if people are able to, and I can't, ima I can't imagine everybody who connects with her has schizophrenia, but that's powerful writing, man. And I should really do her quest sometime soon. Now, there's also something that I thought was really cool with the environmental storytelling, which is known for these games, and that is that uh, some of the vault doors seem to have been tried to have been accessed. Uh, there are bobby pins laid out by the doors, uh, suggesting that some of the fiends may have tried to pick their way through, which I think is really interesting because, you know, you get high and you want to do some dumb shit, and that's what the fiends try doing, baby. That's really all I have on the notes. I really, really like The Fiends. I really like the idea of this ragtag group of idiots. Uh, I believe the, the term is Achim's Razor, where you do the simplest thing, or the simplest thing is what is the outcome of something. So it isn't so much, oh, it's going to do this, 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 and that. It's like, yeah, we're going to cross the bridge. We're going to get over the most quick, brief way to put it. But, like, that's what they did. They walked in and said, die, and then killed everybody. And now they have a structure that, like, a structure that is so sought after that one of the biggest settlements or states that the NCR occupies is Vault City, Vault 8, another control vault. So they have what could be Fiend Nation, like... They could spread out and move. I doubt they will because Vegas is right there. But they have the opportunity, especially if they can get a sub pump and pump out all the water. They could essentially maybe find a Gek in there. They could find something in there that could help them. Just interesting stuff. Great writing all around. It's New Vegas. It does great writing. But I, I love this. You're there. This happened semi-recently or they're starting to get settled there. And now you have to kind of do something about it. If you want, there's some cool quests here too. But that's all I really have for you, my friends. That is this week's lore. Hey, guys. How you been? This has been a fun week. Um, I've been super busy as always, and I've been just trying to hang out and chill. I streamed The Last of Us Factions multiplayer twice for T-Loo Tuesday. I'm going to try to keep it going. I know what I say about 
what I say about streaming all the time. Uh, but I'd like to keep it going. I was thinking about maybe doing like a Saturday morning because I know some fellas in the UK might be winding down about that time. A Saturday morning Minecraft stream. I'm also thinking about maybe getting something that will help me stream my my Switch. And maybe that gives me another reason to use it and another reason to play stuff, another reason to kind of have a little fun with it, especially if it's games that I never played, like Metroid Dread kind of seems like a game I might like. Something's following me the whole time. God, you mean like death? Uh, you mean like commitment? Uh, uh, like, it just seems like something that could be fun. If you guys want it, like, if you want to see any sort of streaming from me, if you want to see any sort of game, like, I'm always down to play Fallout, you know that. But I could play Skyrim on there, and I think it'd be fun to play Skyrim with a GameCube controller on stream. And I also just like having a bunch of useless, not useless, but crazy effing peripherals all over the place that, oh, this goes here, and that goes there, and this loops into this way, and I got this wire coming this way, and going that way, and I got this battery here, and I got this microphone that way and I got another microphone that I don't use and a third camera and then I got a screen and I got a screen on the screen and the screen's got a screen that makes drinks and it's got a fucking cup holder and a and a and a and a, and a, uh, a microwave oven and a toaster oven because I want to make french fries like I just like having a I want to feel like Wade from Kim Possible a little bit like but like not high tech like I want to feel like Wade from Kim Possible but using technology that's like 25 years old so uh, Check it out. Let me know. If you want to see something, I'll be more than happy to do it. What I'm thinking about doing is maybe streaming over in Discord and on Twitch and kind of going back and forth. Discord's starting to open up a little bit more from everything I've seen, and it's going to be a place where people are doing a lot of stuff sometime soon. I could see Discord at some point having a like a splash page, like an opening page. Much like a Twitch or a YouTube or something, and there's going to be like content that you can browse there and small communities that you could be a part of and whatnot there. I could absolutely see that happening within the next like five to ten years. Thank you for being here. I love you very much. My name has been Vince. This has been Atomic Radio Hour, episode 244. The intro music is by the one and only Shane Ivers. The song is Feather Duster. You can get all of his heaters at silvermansounds.com slash free music. Uh, shout out to the Patreon. I love you again. There's a link in the description to that, a link in the description to the Red Bubble to support in a smaller way my Twitter, Kyle's Twitter, the show's Twitter. I love you. I will see you next week. I hope you're trying new things. I hope you're enjoying being alive. I hope being awake isn't too taxing anymore. It's going to be all right. I know it's a shitty cliche to say, but it's going to be okay. It just takes some time. I love you. I'll see you next week. Bye. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast A Gulman Entertainment Production